And we read in verse 1 of Matthew 5, And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And so, uh, we've been looking, and spending time looking at the uh, truths in the Sermon on the Mount, and we come to the peacemakers. And... Um, Possibly it's the glorious verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And the word called there in the Greek, as some of you have ever studied it will know, means they shall be owned as the children of God. God is going to own them as his children. And he's going to say, those are my children, the peacemakers. And of course I want to just point out that this scripture cannot be taken out of context as the want of some is. A lot of people love to take a little bit of scripture out of the context in which it was spoken and they get wonderful doctrines of what a Christian should be like. Because they take one particular verse and you've got passivism, this idea of... Uh, you know, being totally pass passive and totally uh, one of those people who, who believes that you just let everything go on and go over your head and you don't ever resist anything and you don't fight and you don't go to war and you don't do this and you don't do that. And, the well, the multitude of people in Christendom seem to have got that false idea. In fact, People believe that peace at any price is the right thing. And you've got throughout the world today, you think of our politicians, and you look at people like the professed Christian, Jimmy Carter. You know, peace at any price, irrespective of the morals. Well, I don't believe that Christ was speaking of that. In fact, the words make it clear that he wasn't. There's no such thing as peace at any price. For if it meant what so many people say that it means, then how come we get the next little bit of Scripture which says, um, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. If you're one of those people that believes peace at any price is what a peacemaker is, then why persecution? 
There's persecution because a man of peace or a true peacemaker is making his peace with God. It's with God I need to make peace. It's with God I've been at war all my life before I come to Christ. It's with the counsels of God and the ways of God that I find myself so contrary. And when I become a peacemaker and I make peace with God, what happens? I make enemies of the world. And the scripture's so clear that a fool couldn't miss it. Goes on to say, look at it. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Now why would they if it was peace at any price? Why would they if you were one of these people that compromise truth all the time? Why? I hear people say it doesn't matter about your doctrine. It's unity that counts. The spirit of unity. What blasphemy. For Christ is the spirit of truth. And truth and love and unity in spirit can only be embraced as truth is truly embraced. You can't um, believe that false doctrine and blasphemy where they say, oh, a peacemaker, you know, you've got to be one of these people who's meek and humble and never says boo to a goose. I mean, it's not very intelligent to say boo to a goose. Unless it's going to peck you, and then it'll probably run away. And they're very hard to kill, you know, geese. Ask Jean-Claude, he tried. But the, the thing is about about it, we have to learn that peacemakers are something totally different when you take scripture in context. Now, most modern Christendom likes to take it all out of context because it suits people to believe what they want to believe rather than what the Bible teaches. And it suits the humanistic people, the religious people, to put on a guise of, oh, I'm a peacemaker. I'm one of those that believes in peace. I mean, David Foote, is it? David Foote or, or Richard Foote or what's his name? Michael Foote. I'm sorry. Michael Foote. I'm always putting my foot in it when I get... I mean, peace at any price. Uh, you know, disarmament. Well, look, I tell you, lay down your weapons and see whether bullies won't hit you. Saying, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a peaceful person. I believe, you know, we're Christians and we should be a Christian country and we should stand there and say, please don't hit me. I wear glasses. Um, I mean, that's ludicrous. Because you know that the evil intent in the hearts of men is not going to stop them. Now you say, well, am I an advocate of war? No, I'm not an advocate of war. But it happens. I don't advocate it. But I know that there are people who are going to go about rushing, rushing around the world saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You've got fools going on marches all around the country, some clergymen joining them, saying, peace, peace. And they're murdering millions over in... Uh, the middle Americas they're murdering millions over in Afghanistan they're wiping out people with chemical warfare and they're saying peace let's talk about disarmament well, let's go to Munich I suppose it's a good place to choose I mean it's folly you see peace isn't gained by men talking it's not gained by posturing it's not gained by turning around and saying, oh, well, you know, we are peace-loving people. No one's peace-loving outside of Jesus Christ. Basically, man wants his own way. Let's talk about you. Let's not talk about the world outside, but let's talk about you. What you're most concerned of is, is what affects you. 
If someone does something against you in your business, or you in your home, or someone does something that will adversely affect your situation, are you peaceful? No, you defend yourself. You defend your rights. You defend your hopes, your aspirations. In fact, you become pretty violent in self-defense, don't you? Be honest. A lot of your criticisms uh, of people turn around really in the thing. It affects you. And you fight. Man is a fighting creature. Man fights. Man fights his environment. He doesn't like his environment. He fights it. All the time. He works out ways of fighting nature. And nature has ways of fighting back. He works out ways of conquering the elements. And the elements won't be conquered. But man basically spends a lot of his life fighting. Now as an individual in a family, you, you, you defend your family, you defend your rights. There's barriers, there's, there's walls you put around your family. Now I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right at this point either. I'm just saying that's the way it is. If you're honest. You have ideas, mental ideas. There's ideas in your mind that you've got. Sometimes they're taught by your parents. Sometimes they're taught by stupid politicians who know nothing and believe less. The only thing a politician believes is what brings him to power. And if he thinks he could say something different which would get him power quicker, he'll change what he believes. That's the way politicians are. They've got more colours than a chameleon. They just keep changing and changing and changing. You never know where you'll find them. And, you know, that's popularity. Now, that's their, their business, you know. Just the way they are. That's the world. What do you expect? I mean, democracy demands that you get most people to vote for you. So you have to find out what they want and then tell them that's what you'll give them. The fact that you can't deliver it doesn't matter. At least you'll be in power for four years or five years. And that's the way our countries run. Rather foolish, but that's the way it is. I suppose it's better in, in some instances than the so-called People's Republic where the people are meant to have the say but actually one or two have the say and no one else gets the chance to fight. But when one looks at it, what do we really think about? When you look at the, the way life is and the way things are going in the country, what you're most concerned with, are, let's take budget day a well-known English institution. When you look at the television on budget day and it comes out, what is the thing that concerns you? Is it the good of the country or how it affects your pocket? Hmm? Well, it's how it affects your pocket, isn't it? You think, goodness me, family allowance has gone up. I should have had ten. Goodness me, look at this. This has happened. Why didn't I think of that before? I should have gone out and bought this, that, and the other. They put up VAT to 50% or something ridiculous. You know, and, and all the time, the only thing you're gazing at that little screen for is to find out if they got you or did you beat them. And, and that's the war that's going on inside. We're all fighting a war. It's true when you think about it. We all look and we're grabbing for self, aren't we? Grab what I can get. Do the other guy down, doesn't matter. I mean, I deserve it more than him, I'm a Christian. Ah, you know, okay, well I cheated him, but really it was good business. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people when they're at church on Sunday, but boy, they're razor sharp on Monday. You better not get near them. Even the crease in their trousers will cut you. You know, they're that sharp. They're all fighting. Of course they're fighting, you know, for, to protect that which God's given them. Uh -huh. Not a bit of it, really. They're fighting for self. 
the big ego. They're no peacemakers. They're warriors. Got a bit of that nature in you? Hmm? And there's a women. Fight for what they think and believe. They have their rights, you know. I suppose there's some value in them having a few rights. Who knows? But the thing is, aren't they fighters? Why aren't we fighters? By nature, right from the day of our birth, we fight for our rights in school. We fight for our rights when we go out to business. We, we're always, we look for jobs. We'll do anyone down, really, to get on. Of course, we'll do it in an ethical manner. If we want to appear nice. But basically, the world's a fight, isn't it? The whole place is a fight. I used to belong to a sales team, and it amazed me. I ended up president of the sales force, and I, I did more business than anyone else. And boy, the bitchiness. They were like old char ladies, the rest of them. They hated someone being successful. They really hated it. Because they weren't. Now, it was quite by accident that I ended up. But I didn't know I was even in line to end up top of the tree. I got a telegram telling me at the end of the year. I'd done so well. I was amazed. Absolutely amazed. The others must have been terrible. 240 idiots. But the thing was, there I was, given that, and I thought, well, but you should have heard the comments that these lovely other people made. You know, they're all fighting. There was one guy who used to chew fat cigars, overweight, overbloated, and, you know, he had, a, he had an ego like a barrage balloon. And I remember him. He was so mad that he hadn't made it. Now, quite frankly, I wasn't particularly happy that I had made it. I found it a great hassle. Me and my wife had to go over and sleep in a bedroom that was so big you could hardly find a bed without sending out a search party. It was an enormous place. The chandelier up above the bed was so big if it had fallen, it would have wiped the bed out in half the room. It was terrible. Two-mile trek to your private bathroom. I mean, the bedroom was nearly as big as this room. It was crazy, and a little bed in it. Well, it was an enormous bed, actually, but it looked little. Well, and mirrors on every wall. You couldn't avoid yourself wherever you looked. I suppose that's what they thought. Someone had done well wanted to see himself all the time. But, oh, it's not the time you want to see yourself, is it, up there? But the thing was, there it was. You know, man fights for it. Oh, the kudos that people fight for. The kudos. You listen to them talk. One vies against another for how well they've done. One's vying for what they've gotten, what the other person's gotten, this and that. And, and life and society and everything's a big fight to boost your ego. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I think it's awful. You know, the Joneses. There aren't any here, are there? But the Joneses, they're the people that people try to keep up with. You know, I know people that go out and, and they're more concerned with what they've got, what car they've got, what registration on their car. They're fighting all the time just to beat everyone else. And what unhappy people. Now, the one thing they are are the peacemakers. That is the spirit of the world. And that's why there are wars. The wars are caused because one country thinks they have a right to something and another country thinks they've got a right to it, so they go to war over it. Now, over your business, you don't go to war, at least not with weapons. You just go, you used to. In Texas, they used to go out and high noon, that was it. Bang! The one who lost was dead.
And that was the end of it. Um, but in this civilized society, we don't do that. We cheat them, we twist them, we work out schemes to, to destroy them. And we call it competition. Don't we? I mean, competition and being competitive is, is not a nasty word. Murder is. But basically, it's butchering your opponent, whichever way you like it. And that is not the spirit of Christ. Now, you might say, well, does that mean that every Christian should be unsuccessful? No, you can be very successful having the true spirit of Christ and operating on the principles of righteousness. But I see a lot of people that say they've got the principles of righteousness and I only have to spend a little while talking to them and I find there's a lot of unethical little moods and attitudes they've got underneath. Of course, they do it all in the name of the Lord. But they used to fry Christians in the name of the Lord, you know, the Catholics. And the Protestants weren't much better when they got power in the 17th century. One side would get power and they'd burn the other side and then the other side would get power and they'd burn that side. In fact, you know, it's wonder there's anyone left in England. They burned each other so often. Peacemakers. Peacemaker. Are you a peacemaker? According to the biblical definition of a peacemaker. Well, we better find out what a peacemaker is. I've told you what it isn't. It's not you. Not someone who's going to fight and war. Not someone who's going to have those drives in him. The destructive drives. Not someone who's going to be all the time struggling. You know, you can only eat three meals a day, sleep in one bed and drive one car. After that, what are you fighting for? I suppose sleep in a bigger bed in a bigger house with a bigger car. Eating more food. But I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do. Unless you want four platefuls. And uh, I, when you look at society, isn't it driven, driven, driven by things? And we need to step back and assess our lives and say, just a minute, is it truly the spirit of Christ that's operating in my life? Is it truly, have I got a true, true Christian attitude to things? Now, I don't mean by that that you become a weak, need, soft pufter who goes around and won't ever stand up for what he believes and ever so humble and ever so meek. and <laughs> Not that type of person at all. You know, smiling all the time with a kind of glazed look on your eyes and and, and never saying anything and never believing anything and just letting the world go by and being ever so kind to everyone, especially to cats. Um, it's not that at all. I was once staying at a Christian place and I remember this old woman, bless her, and someone said grace. And... After everyone was saying amen, I heard this little squeaky voice say, And cats too! <laughs> ah, dear. A lot of people are more worried about their cat than they are about the truths of God. Anyway, there we are. You know, one thing that Jews hated... And I suppose they still do hate. A Jew hates one thing. He hates the idea that the Messiah isn't going to be a warrior coming to restore him to the principal supreme nation. Now Hitler wanted to wipe out the Jews because he saw that God had chosen them as the supreme nation. God hadn't, but he saw that. And therefore he wanted to liquidate them so God couldn't have his purposes. That was Hitler. He was totally mad. You know, very evil mad, but mad mad. Now, the Jews in Jesus' time, one thing they didn't like was when Jesus got up and he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, because they thought he was going to come and he was going to set up the armies and he was going to wipe out the Roman tyranny that was ruling in Palestine and he was going to liberate them. And when he got up, at the beginning nearly of his ministry and said, 
Blessed are the meek. They began to sit up. But when he got to blessed are the peacemakers. Man alive. And we were going to make him king. The Jews didn't like it. And one thing about Christianity. People in their natural selves don't like the truth. When you hear what a Christian really is. It's abhorrent to the natural man. There's nothing about Christianity that's appealing. There's nothing appealing about hanging on a wooden cross, crucified, scorned, mocked, naked, beaten with stripes, having a crown of thorns thrust on your head. There's nothing appealing about it. Unless you're a masochist. There's nothing that would say that's what I want to be. Having men hate you, revile you, speak all manner of evil against you falsely? It's not appealing, is it? But the truth is, become a peacemaker and that's exactly what happens. So what is a peacemaker? It's a question we need to look into. 7 said what it isn't? Let's spend some time looking at it. You know one of the things they did with Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000 it says they would take him by force and make him king. And Jesus had to hide himself from the multitude and passed away from them because they wanted a king who was going to come and was going to give them what they wanted. And a lot of churches they almost their religion is like that. They want, you know, that's why you've got a pope. Pope's king goes around, blesses people. Not that anything happens with his blessings. In fact, someone shot him for it. But he survived. But, uh, you know, it doesn't do any good. They, they put him in a Pope-mobile. In fact, they built a special one. And he's so divine, they made it for, with bulletproof glass. And you wonder, what is it all about? A charade and a mockery. Jesus didn't need a Pope-mobile. He went around amongst the multitudes. And when they tried to push him over a cliff once, he just walked through the midst of them and went away. They wanted to stone him and throw him over a cliff. Jewish scripture records he just walked through the midst of them. Multitudes raged. But he was the Lamb of God. So different from what humanity would expect. Peacemakers, you know, are unlike anyone else. That's the thing about a peacemaker. He's totally different. Now, you'll know with chickens, put chickens in a coop, and it's a strange thing, but there always seems to be a chicken that the other chickens attack. And they'll peck it to death. Now, there's no logical reason why they do, but they just do. They don't like anything different. And a peacemaker, someone who's got truly the spirit of Christ, the religious people will try and peck it to death quick because it'll prod their consciences in places they don't like. He'll be totally different. He won't be one of those people, a true peacemaker, won't be one of those people who thinks that the United Nations can do anything for peace. I don't believe it can. I don't believe it will. Every nation that goes there is only concerned about one thing, and that is their interests. You know, America's now pallying up with Argentina. Why? They're interested in their sphere of influence in South America. They're just after their imperialist capturings. Russia are worse. The big bear is even worse. Communism so tyrannical and evil. But they're only after getting things. And then in, in Chinese are going over and they're talking to the terrorists in Africa and spending a lot of money there. Man isn't after peace. These men that sit round the table, they're not really wanting peace. They're wanting to conquer. Because that's the nature of man in his human heart. And each individual in his heart basically wants to beat everyone else. 
He wants to possess what the other man has. He's motivated by jealousy, envy, greed. And that's what's in natural man. And every single individual is like that until Christ meets him. Until God truly changes him. And therefore, nations won't have peace. You can sit down and talk till the cows come home. You won't get peace. You might get milk. But you won't get peace. There's no way peace will come. Cows come home. Missed that one. But there's no way that you'll get peace by talking. Talking doesn't bring peace. You see, I know, and any true peacemaker would know, that peace comes when a man's got peace with God, because when he gets peace with God, he gets peace in his life and in his heart, and he stops fighting everything. He won't fight to better himself in the sense of grabbing everything, because he knows that God is sovereign. God will give him what he needs. He knows God is his true provider. So he doesn't need any longer to declare war. He knows that the sovereign Lord won't let things come in and harm him. He knows that prayer and faith are the things that operate in that realm. It's different. His motives are different. I remember my boss sitting me down when I was working in a company. And he sat me down when he heard I was leaving. And he said, right, now what do you want? I remember my wife and I sat there and were amazed. He said, well, look, don't you or wouldn't you like, he said, a five-bedroom house with a swimming pool? Wouldn't you like that? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, well, it just doesn't turn me on, thanks. Well, he said, wouldn't you like the latest jag that's come out? You know, a status symbol like that. I mean, don't you want that? No. Well, um, what about money? You know, wouldn't more money, then you could get what you really wanted. No. Well, what is it that turns you on? What is it that motivates you? None of those things. Well, surely you, you, you know, you must have a price. There must be something you need. Well, actually, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus Christ and going his way. And none of those things move me. Well, even Christians want things. I said, no. Three meals a day, sleep in one bed, drive one car, and as far as I'm concerned, that's it. You know, God will provide. He scratched his head and he said, so really, he said, I can't buy you. I said, no, I've already been bought by someone else. Jesus Christ shed his blood to purchase me and you can't buy me with millions. Is that really what's in your heart? Is your heart totally sold to Jesus? Has the first person with the first call on your life become the Christ of God so that nothing else counts? Do you know him as your heavenly father? It upset that man. <laughs> I remember he got most upset. Most upset. Met someone that couldn't be bought, couldn't be bribed. But what's it worth in the end? You can't take it with you. There's no pockets in a shroud. It's all going to burn anyway. It decays the moment you buy it. What's it worth? Now obviously you should provide for your wife and family or you're worse than an infidel. But there's providing and providing. One has to question. One has to ask, what are we providing for? It's a new outlook, a new nature. A whole new attitude in life. Now don't get me wrong, I believe that a Christian should be paid what they're worth. I don't think they should be gypped. I don't think they should go and work for paltry sums of money. I think they should stand up for what is moral and right and ethical. Of course they should. 
But in in the sense, once you've got that, well, you don't want to fight for anything else because you've got what you need. And that's the way it should be. If so be the Spirit of Christ has come in. You've got a new nature. Envy and jealousy and the need of things, they don't enter your heart. You don't even think about them. You don't even want them. I know people that used to work, they'd get, they'd get there and they'd work seven days a week. Live workaholics, they call them. They just, they had to accumulate money. Because in that they saw they had power. But who wants power? I don't. Who wants influence? I don't. If Christ and God is not sovereign Lord and if he's not moving in people's hearts and lives, what's the purpose in it all? They'll only rebel in the end. Man's heart's given over to rebellion. They rebelled in the garden. The first, our first parents, Adam and Eve, rebelled in the garden against God's commands. And believe it or not, no matter how big an empire you build, it'll crash. Because you've got hundreds of people in there with evil hearts full of envy and hatred who'll do you down the moment they get the chance. Don't worry. They'll be faithful to their nature. They can't be anything else. They'll do you down. And so if you have no expectation from unregenerate man, no expectation of him doing anything but treachery, which is what he will end up doing anyway, then you get a more wholesome attitude to things. You see, they're not worth having. Build a kingdom, the only thing you get from it is a million people fighting you to rob you of it. And then you have to take a nature which has to fight back to fight them off. Whereas if you don't worry about having a kingdom, maybe you can submit to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Just a maybe. You know, the thing that I'm talking about as a peacemaker is a man who's delivered from self. From his self-esteem, self-interest and self-concern. What I've been talking about, you might not have noticed, is all self. A man who's a peacemaker is delivered from self. Self-esteem. A person who wants people to think good of them. The last thing you'll ever get if you're a preacher is people to speak well of you. If you preach the truth and upset people by telling them truth and bringing conviction, they'll hate you. It's quite a normal occurrence. In fact, Jesus said, Woe betide you when all men speak well of you. He warned against being popular. In fact, that's the last thing a preacher should ever try to be. With the world, is popular. With the sons of God and those who are truly quickened by the Holy Ghost, it's a different matter, but with the world, they'll hate you. You stand up against immorality, they hate you. Stand up against vice, they hate you. Stand up against the things that go on in our country. They hate you for it. I mean, today, look at the state of our society. Isn't it about time men and women all around the country stood up? Look at the state of schools where the parents hit the children, uh, the, the uh, children hit the teachers, where the parents never smack their children, where the children run right in the classroom where they are determined not to learn, where they go out onto the dole and then they demand with pink hair and, and, as I said, safety pins in their noses and everywhere else, they go and demand jobs. Who wants to employ them? And youth today is in total rebellion against society. They rebel. Isn't it about time a voice stood up and said, enough is enough is enough? We won't have it. You look at the, the cinemas, the filth and the degradation that they put on in those places, those dens of iniquity. It's filth. You turn the television on to watch a family program and it's full of filth and immorality and divorce and hatred and twisting, deceptive things. 
or trying to grab someone else's wealth or trying to get hold of something. The whole thing shows what society is coming to. In my young days when I walked down the street, I remember in the little village where I lived, it was Westgate-on-Sea. It's not a village any longer, but it was a little village. They dared to put a semi-nude up backwards outside the cinema and they got prosecuted for it. I remember a teacher dared to get divorced and got sacked instantly. I mean, those were the days when the people at least were semi-God-fearing. There was a standard that society set and said, that's it. But where today is there a society that sets standards? They don't care. And where are there preachers that stand up and say, no, sin is wrong? Where are there preachers that stand up and put a standard and say, so far, no further? There aren't any. You go to churches today and they compromise. The ministers compromise. Well, in our modern society, you've got to understand that divorce is all right. Well, in our modern society, you've got to understand youth needs to express itself. Well, I believe me, if in our school any youth tries to express himself in that manner, he will find I'll express myself with a paddle on his rump. And that will be the end of it. I mean, it's crazy. You can't have rebellion. If you don't learn to tame it in youth, when will you tame it? And that's the truth. Where are the peacemakers? Well, peacemakers with who? Peacemakers with God. Where are the people that are saying, just a minute, we're at war with God's commands and God's law here. The whole earth has taken up an attitude of fighting God. They want to fill their minds with filth and degradation. They want to live immoral lives. They want to live contrary to the law of God. Don't we need, as Paul said, to become ambassadors of Christ, saying to men and women, look, you've got to be reconciled to God, to God's law, to God's morals. Just a minute. Don't you understand? You people... You politicians, you men that stand up and cry peace, peace, don't you understand you're at war with God, you're at odds with his commandments, you're at odds with his ways? Where are the peacemakers? There aren't any. You've got a different view of the world. You've got the view I've got. I'm totally sceptical. Anything that the world says is good, I know is bad. What they call free, I know is bondage. When I was in my young days, I remember Beatlemania hit the streets. People went berserk over these four, I think it was, kids. I don't know if it was four or five now. Um, I can't even remember that. But anyway, it hit the street. Four, was it? And they went, they went, you know, people went mad over these, these little Beatles, uh, these pop group from Liverpool, because they had a funny accent. But look what they turned out to be. Immoral, depraved, twisted. And they took society on that quick slide. It didn't take long before the slide came. The music was pagan music. I mean, you only got to listen to rock and roll and the beat and the throb of it all. And then they, it wasn't long before you got teddy boys. And you got all the things and decadence slipped into our society. And suddenly you got street fights and gangs. They were either teddy boys or rockers or mods or this or that, you know, and, and you look back and you think, and slowly, morality went out of the window. God was declared war, and they said, the principles of God we won't have any longer. We throw off the restraints of society. We throw off the bondage. We want to be free. And look what they've got. Today we've got freedom. You're almost... A, a, an object of ridicule if you're moral. You're almost 
perverted if you want to be moral. Society considers you almost something you should put in a glass cage as an antique. If you have the principles of God in your life. If you won't get drunk. If you're not one of the boys. Well, thank God there are people who stand up and say, well, that's not the way I want to be. I'm going to live. I believe I should live. The way God wants me to live. Is that your view of the world? It's in practice we're peacemakers. I've told you what the negatives is. In practice. You know, one of the things we need to learn is to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You've got to listen. One of the secrets of being a peacemaker is to keep your counsel. When you need to keep your counsel and to speak when you need to speak. I stand up for what I believe to be God's way. I'm prepared to die for it. Are you prepared to die for your freedom? I'm prepared to die for what I believe. And no doubt some of you will be asked to. But the thing is, are you prepared to really go through? Do you so believe it in your bones and your marrow that you'll stand by it no matter what? That'll show whether you're a peacemaker. Say, well, that's not peace. Yes, it is. I've got peace with God. I've got peace with my conscience. These are spiritual attitudes and spiritual attributes, nothing natural. Now, do you know, meek people, you remember how we looked at it? Look back in Matthew 5. Remember how in verse 3, blessed are the poor, then blessed are they that mourn, and blessed are the meek. We saw how the watershed was reached in verse 6. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, was linked with the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart, was linked with they that mourn over their sin and the state of degradation. Blessed are the peacemakers, is linked with the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now the reason for that, peacemaker and meek, is something, meekness is not weakness. Meekness, you remember, is doing the will of God and submitting to God's will and God's ways. That's meekness. True meekness. Now we need to understand that a peacemaker is someone who lives at peace with God and God's law and God's commands and God's ways and God's spirit. And you know, when you sin, the thing that happens is you get a war going on inside, don't you? You find your conscience begins to afflict you and you can hardly live with yourself. That's when you're at war. You're at war with God's commands and God's ways. When you're at peace, you're walking in God's spirit. Now that differentiates. Which are you? Which one do you live in? Are you always at war in your conscience with God? Are you at war in your mind and your heart against God's commands? Or are you at peace? Blessed are the peacemakers. And then the next thing about a, a peacemaker is he's not out for revenge. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Jesus said, if your enemy is hungry feed him have you got that attitude was alright well he's my enemy but I'll do him good or are you one of those Christians that looks for the opportunity to give him one in the eye the peacemaker does him good and then the third thing is being selfless and approachable not standing on your dignity I meet a lot of people who are so dignified and have so much dignity, it's sickening. They're so good that the world's too good a place for them. They're so affected, affected, affectation in their life. They're ever so, you know, they speak in a kind of cultured manner and their, their attitudes are all airy-fairy put on. You know, and you wonder about them. Ugh. That's religion and it's obnoxious in God's eyes. Now, we're not like that. 
We're to be selfless. We're not to stand on our dignity. And we're to know that we have no rights. Christ has the right to our life. And we must walk subservient to his spirit and his way. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. God the Father, the Prince of Peace. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he didn't esteem it. He didn't bother about it, he just accepted, well, that's part of the cross. He committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. He just said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Man can do what he will, but I'm going to go God's way. Is that your spirit? Is your whole spirit and heart and life really submitted to Christ? Or are you fighting? Is there a fight going on in you against the ways of God? Is there conflict in you? In your heart? Do you one of these people that live under continual conflict of conscience? Conflict of heart? If you are, then you want to watch out. For you're not one of the blessed peacemakers. Do you know there's something about a man who knows that it's God and God alone who rules? He just is at peace. He doesn't, somehow things pass him by. He's not got a fight. I said to someone recently, stop fighting. There's no point in fighting the world. It's not going to convert them. I look at people and I think to, to myself when I look at them and they're going down to hell and to a crisis eternity, I look at them and I just feel sorry for them. I feel sorry they have no light. I feel sorry they're in darkness. I pity them. But I know it's no good fighting them. You won't win anything by fighting them. If God doesn't lighten them, they'll go to hell and a crisis eternity. All you can do is stand up and proclaim the truth. A peacemaker, and blessed are the peacemakers, is the man who stands up for God and for God's law and God's ways and says, this is what God says. I will go this way. Whatever happens, I will go the way of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you a peacemaker? For they shall be owned as the children of God. Have you given up fighting the world? Have you stopped grabbing for self? Has the self in you lost its image? Have you said, Lord, I've come to do thy will. I'm yielded to thee alone. Thy will, O God, let it be done in me. I don't want to fight any longer against things. I'll stand up for thee and for thy word. But for the rest, what does it matter? If I'm truly a peacemaker, they'll hate me, they'll revile me, they'll say all manner of evil against me falsely. But I don't care. If they did it to you, Lord, they'll do it to me. But I'll walk your way. Is that the spirit? Some people bring persecution on themselves. They deserve it by their religion. But when you stand for Christ's truth, that's a different matter. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you a peacemaker? Are you one of those who can truly say, Lord, I come to do thy will? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, so often peacemakers have been depicted as men who are large in peace movements. And yet a peacemaker is a man who's at peace with his God. How often we've fought your law, we've fought your ways, we've fought your principles. But, O oh God, we would come and 
we would give thee the rightful place in our lives. Thou art the Lord of all. Lord, we would submit ourselves unto thee. Teach us, O God, that blessed place where the peacemakers are. Teach us, Lord, till we be owned by thee as children of God. Let that fighting against the world cease. Let that submission to thy sovereignty become a reality in our lives. Let us know that thou art the sovereign Lord, that thou art the almighty King, that thou hast a right and a rule in our lives. Lord, teach each one, bless each one. Lord, forgive us for our rebellions. Forgive us for the times that we've gone our own way. And bring us to the place where we submit to thee and to thy church, to thy word and to thy spirit. For surely, O oh God, we're called to be one in thee. Lord, by your Spirit, keep each one, bless each one. Lord, and teach us ever to submit to that wonderful name of Jesus and that Spirit of Christ. Lord, thou knowest the needs of each heart. Move in your graciousness and love. Convict those that need conviction. Stir in those that need stirring. Melt those that need melting. And oh God have your perfect way. Cause us to stand as lights in the world. That is say we are lights. Cause us to be lights. Standing out against the darkness around. Standing with a different way and attitude. Standing for the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Proclaiming his name and nature. Exhorting men to be reconciled unto him. Let us never compromise. Let us never yield an inch to evil. But ever be at peace with our God. Ever walk in his way. Ever adore him. And crown him as Lord and King of our lives. May it ever be our song that thou art the King, the Lord. May it be the whole center of our beings, O King of kings and Lord of lords, that we're the peacemakers in thine army, O glorious Prince of Peace at peace with God. Amen. We're going to sing that beautiful hymn where it's all at. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate forth. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Crown him, ye martyrs of our God, who from the altar call, extel the stem of Jesse's rod, and crown him. The truth is, Christ must be the king, no longer me, but he. Oh,
yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall is that truly your prayer giving up the rights to yourself your theories your ideas yielding yourself to Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords coming and submitting yourself to his word his way his truth all oh, that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall join in the everlasting song if you don't join it now in that day you won't be part of it join in the everlasting song and crown him allow him to have your life your heart everything that you are and have yield it to him that's the call of God for you oh peacemaker blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be owned as children of God may God work it into your heart and your life till it becomes your spirit and nature to stand for his word alone God bless you go with God and God willing we'll see you Tuesday or next week